Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by reviewstl.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers episode 299. A true milestone. A true milestone. And we are a wounded beast. I mean, speak for yourself. No, well, you're married now, so yeah, you're. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it. We're then there were two. We're like less than Genesis. Yeah, there were three. There's just two of us two here. Is less than three. Yeah, and okay. there's it's just you and me. Well, yeah. no, we have a guest. Oh, but uh, but there's just two regulars. Oh, okay, if yeah. you want to call us regulars. Hello. So introduce yourself, sir. Hi, my name's Devin King, and I am an animator from St. Louis. Graduated from Linwood with a degree in journalism. I actually used to work for the newspaper there. Got in, uh, invited to work with uh, Allied, which is the people that do the screenings that okay. I met you guys at. Yeah. And um, during my career there, I I liked writing about movies and about video games. And then I eventually got into actually taking an extra year with college to actually practice that. And here am I now doing freelance. So. And hopefully you'll be working, maybe creating the next Pixar film, uh, and and we'll say we knew him, <laughs> and then he'll, and he'll will, he will block us on Twitter <laughs> because he doesn't have Facebook. Yeah, I was going right. to say, no, that's we, right. We, yeah. He's the one that he's the one that doesn't have Facebook yeah. because of his mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Tom always remembers a good ribbing. Yes, I'm ribbed for your pleasure. So. Uh, <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves? Oh yeah, well, let's introduce ourselves. I'm all thrown off now. This is Kevin, and this is Tom. <laughs> that's that's really weird. It's really abbreviated. Yeah. So <laughs> so uh, I am going out of town again. Wow. I'm gallivanting around. Well, you did two weeks. I did two weeks, just not consecutive. Oh, okay. So that's the difference. Just so, feels your frequency is throwing me off. It's yes. just like this guy's always out of town. I so, go out of town once in a year, and you go out of town <laughs> two weeks in a row. I know. So by the time you hear this, I will be in Mexico, or if you prefer, Ooh. Mexico. Oh. I don't know if you know that's how they say it. And what there. is that in English? Uh, Mexico. I'm not familiar with that. Well, term. I'd like to. I'm a big fan of cultural appropriation. Okay. So, you know, 
So I'm gonna say it that way too. Okay. So I look fancy, like when people yeah. go, to, go to Taco Bell. You know, I'm like, yeah. I would like a barrito. <laughs> like, no. I'm just gonna say you look like you should be saying Mexico. That sure. really fits your, your look. <laughs> I I am the quintessential ugly American. So uh, so but yeah. So the Crystal and I are going to going to Mexico. So we're recording this nice. a little early, and the other guys it didn't fit their schedules. We just weren't important enough. So. And we should also mention that, uh, I mean, that's fine, whatever about your thing, but Devin, <laughs> back to you. Uh, so you've been an early, you are an early, early adopter of this podcast. So the, you know, we, we've met you at mm-hmm. the screenings and, and you obviously live in the same area we do, but you started listening at what episode? Episode two, World War Z. Wow. Oh episode so, two. Yeah. That's crazy. So <laughs> he just skipped Man of Steel altogether. Yeah. He, he knew. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Episode two, uh, World War Z. Wow! Did you go out and, and buy a Pepsi immediately after because you were so parched? And <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that. And one of the first I also remember is when you had your one news episode where you did talked about Ben Affleck being Batman for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's why we stopped doing that <laughs> like for a while. Because when we when we first started, we were just like, "Well, should we just do movies? What should we do?" And so maybe we'll talk about news news stories. But then it became like by the time. We got it edited and up. It was like they weren't news anymore. Yeah. It was, you know, and so it was just like this is silly. That's tough, yeah. So, when you're not on like a live radio show to talk about news, right? It's like, well. and so that's when I guess we kind of slowly over time evolved into the box office report, eating up half the episode. Yeah, and then yeah. it was like we should just chop this in two. Yeah. So. Well, you also talk about news while you're talking about other yeah, stuff too, it, all the time. It tends to come up within that, but it feels more organic. Like we're not positioning it mm-hmm. as news. Is like here's a news story. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the other notable thing about that is that he completely bypassed our first episode, <laughs> Man of Steel, and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to skip that one. But uh, yeah, World the, War Z, the legendary Man of Steel episode. Yeah. Have you have you ever gone back and listened? Oh yeah, oh, okay. yeah. like the first week after curiosity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there, when there were three episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like. I, I listened to episode two and it was so good I, I binged the whole thing. <laughs> now, when, when someone now goes back and listens through them all, oh yeah, it's impressive. But Devin, that's a feat. We're not going to really praise you for that. Yeah, so. like that's. <laughs> he's like, wow, thanks. <laughs> I have a silver silver star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's maybe bronze. Yeah. Ish. yeah. So, so uh, just some shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we're not going to do the show shares because we're actually recording this one before the last episode went up. So you haven't shared anything, not because you're lazy, <laughs> but because we've robbed you of the opportunity. So uh, if you don't hear your name, don't take it personally. It's because you haven't done it yet. You know, maybe you could just read the all the membership of the League of Show Shares. Yeah, I'll read all 400 people <laughs> that will join the group or whatever it's up to. Probably like 60. Probably seven. Yeah, but uh, whatever. But uh, but no. So no, I won't do that. Okay. They actually have to share the show week to week. That's the rule. So. All right. Um, so anyway, uh, if you would like to join the League of Show Sharers, you can do that. You can do it on Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers or type in League of Show Sharers into Facebook and it'll pull it up. They're connected. Oh, that's nice. That can We connected them. Remember, nice. you can go to the, the Facebook page and connect to the, the group. Because there's groups and there's pages, and then, but if we were in Germany, you would make my bunk. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, Devin, I don't think you've joined the League of Show Shares. Is there any particular reason? There? I, uh, I, I don't mean to, like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to say this, though, but I, when I first had Facebook, I was 14, 10 years ago. Oh. Lots of bad so, haircuts on there. Oh, yeah. So it's like, um, I want to get back on there connecting, you know, just for job opportunities and easy stuff like that, but going back and on. friendship. Yeah. 
logging in, <laughs> seeing all like the photos that make my back cringe. You know, one day you will look back on them fondly. You uh, will, maybe. like I know for real. Like I know that like when I was like. 25 and I would see pictures when I was like Ugh. and now when I see them I'm like okay that's kind of funny like it's just it's it's so long ago that you focus on other things like oh I used to be thin oh I used to have hair <laughs> like you don't you're like okay maybe that was a really unfortunate usage of my hair but I had it <laughs> or like when you're going through a divorce and it sucks at the time well it's uh well it's great for just to find all the crazy stuff they're doing on Facebook <laughs> and then give it to your attorney <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Who would do that? It's like a diary, but just yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. No, post more pictures of you drinking straight from the bottle. I love it, <laughs> love it. And honestly, that was the least of our concerns, right? Oh. But uh, anyway, enough of that. Yes. Uh, I guess uh, the movie of the well, I guess the movie of the week <laughs> is Dunkirk, and I guess we should start uh, talking about it. Joe isn't here to synopsisize, so. Well, I don't even know how to synopsisize uh, this so movie. We should maybe go through a breakdown of how they tell this story, yeah. if you want to call that. Uh, boringly? Yeah. So, there's not... Just a, real quick, did you like it? It's okay if you did. I'm not trying to... I'm just curious where you stand on it overall. I mean, it, that it, honestly it's, gives us more to make fun of you for, so... It, it's really weird because I love history. I'm not a big Nolan fan, though. Right. Um, and I... When I first saw Interstellar, I hated it, but it grew on me. This movie... It feels like B-roll for a BBC documentary to right. me. Yeah. And um, I love documentaries, and I I love the story of Dunkirk. It's a really cool story. If yeah, you actually... he should tell it sometime. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. This this movie literally, I mean, it tells you nothing of yeah. the history of why it was happening and the importance of the story. There's, right. Mm, and, and right now, this movie is sitting at like 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. One review is bad. And yeah. I'm just like... What movie did you guys watch? It's like, this is a classic, The Emperor Has No Clothes. Yeah, I mean... Because I was so bored. I When I went there, I was like, I didn't feel like going to see a movie. And I was like, oh, cool. It's only 107 minutes. And then 107 minutes later, I was like, how has it been four hours? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Time just works differently yeah. there. I'm like, oh, no, it's really been 107 minutes. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, I mean, this is tech. Technically, now I mean, I th when I think of filmmaking, I I think of storytelling. That's mm -hmm. that is, and you tell a story. There's many different ways to, and it's through visuals, through audio. So I think filmmaking is comprised of so many different parts. But you, to have, I mean, the big picture is you have to nail all those little things. And so technically, from a camera work perspective, sure. from an audio and sound mixing mm -hmm. perspective, this movie is stunning in those categories. But it's, in storytelling... It's just not interesting. It, it's not. I, w I will say, it is visually... Okay, there are shots that are gorgeous. There is really clever CGI. You don't notice it, but there is a lot of CGI in there. There has to be, right. There's a lot of practical effects. It's really beautiful. But I don't know if you guys thought this, though, but... The saturation is like turned up to 11 and I felt like it was almost like an Instagram filter over the movie at some point to make it look really World War II-y. Well, there's like, some shots of the water looks like laundry detergent. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, there, I was wondering like the water Well, the what, foam the from, water I mean, the ocean was, does have that. It was so foamy but it almost it almost looked like like insulation or something, you <laughs> it know what was I mean? Very foamy. And I was, and I, cause I, I, it took me out of the film because I was honestly wondering, like, how is that happening? Was something happening to the water? Is this what happened when like oil and blood mixed in the water? Like, I honestly don't know. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, why does the water look so? Even when when chunks of the foam would break off, 
like as they ran through it, it broke off differently. And and you go on vacation every week, so you would know what an ocean. <laughs> but looks I just like. got back from Colorado, that's so, true. So it's know, not yeah. always to the right. Beach. It's not okay. top of mind. Yeah, I thought that. I guess that's what just seafoam is. I don't know though. But I've never. I'm seen... glad I wasn't the only one that was thinking no. that was weird. There's some weird stuff for sure. But I mean, as far as like the camera work goes and getting mm-hmm. these angles and being in planes and boats and and the war scenes, like. It was the first thing I thought I, of I've never been bored so beautifully Right exactly yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought and I thought Well you, thin red line Oh uh, yeah, yeah that's right you're not a fan I was Because that's kind of what you're thinking of but at least mm. That had a story to it like it did told, it But more of a story than this I guess Like so what I thought of was if we had Nolan's technical brilliance Here with with camera work and I mean Not that he's a cinematographer but you know He's directing the action and telling him what to do And yeah obviously he's pretty brilliant Filmmaker overall and if we had These scenes in a really good Riveting story mm. I think that this would have been amazing. Yeah. And yet it looked like just a bunch of war clips strung together without a story. Although, I mean, of course there's a story. I mean, you can tell stories in different ways. But when I say a story, I mean what you're used to. Right. Dialogue, characters that you're getting well, attached to. Well, the story's to being told non chronologically yeah. right like it's worse there's there's three main stories so there's there's the kid i gotta call him the kid because if he had a name nobody talks in the goddamn no. movie so there's no well, the story's the mole right is number one yeah which isn't the kid it's right. that wall it's the that wall is a mole it's called a mole right so you've got the the mole you have the boat which was what is it ocean ocean boat what was the second one even called i can't I, recall it I don't remember. It's it's uh like uh, I think just, I might have nodded off by <laughs> <laughs> so the second store basically okay so you've got you've got a whole bunch. Do of they s- ever give you a third they do. title yeah. card? Yeah. I don't remember. They do it. say all three, and, and and I thought they did themselves a disservice with that because. I don't think it made it clear that it was trying to delineate different storylines. I thought it was chapters. I did too. And when so, the first one went up, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, this is chapter like, one." I, honestly, until yep. you started saying this, I thought they just forgot to keep giving uh, us chapters. Because I was like, "Why did we not get another chapter after like the first ten minutes?" But Same. Tom, it was so brilliant and artsy. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. But okay, so let's break it up into these. Stories which you have to really think About what they're trying to do here it was not Clear nor was the story or What was going on or the significance nothing was Made clear by this to to Enjoy this I feel like you really have to know the History and that's why one reason I think it's not successful because you can't just Go to this movie and say oh I Learned something and I enjoyed right, something yeah um, But but the three parts are one Is called the mole and that is The beaches of Dunkirk well, and there's A timestamp on it I get now that it's Saying one hour yeah, that's how saying, long it took place. Right, it takes place like was, one hour right. after so that's the Battle of France, one, I guess. No, I think that's how long it took place in the movie. Mm-hmm. The period of time the story was told is that time. Yeah. It's so all, you're still trying to figure the, it out. The whole thing's the evacuation. But so okay. right, and so, the, the evacuation is like took like no, no, what like nine days, so eight one, days. I, okay, you, you might be right though. So that took place in one day. So Dunkirk it's is French. the first story, okay. and you have all the soldiers, British soldiers, French soldiers, the Allied forces. I guess you would call them Belgium soldiers. Are, yeah, they're all stuck in Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and they're uh, surrounded on all yep. sides by Germany. Yep. So it's about this evacuation. So this story takes place over the course of a day. Then we go to 
England. It's England from France, I guess, yeah. and across the channel. So yeah. we go over to England, and you have uh, just a, a sailor, a fisherman, something. He's just a, the a boat, a the private civilian. boat guy. Yeah, it's a civilian. So, so this story revolves around civilians, and there has been a call because there aren't enough boats that can safely evacuate these soldiers. So they are calling England, Churchill. I guess uh, if he was prime minister already, he was. Yep. He had okay. just become just, prime yeah, minister. Just. Like for like a week or something. Yeah, right? it was like very it was, yeah. So he is calling on civilians to help evacuate these soldiers. There are tens of thousands of them stuck there, and hundreds of thousands. Yeah, well, a British soldiers. Sorry, There's, no, but there were hundreds of thousands of British soldiers. They they end yep. up they and and this is another complaint I have about this movie. Well, I didn't know. I saw the movie and they didn't tell me anything. So. Right. Well, <laughs> right. and I don't think this movie does. I think it does what the British achieved. A great disservice because it does not convey the scale of what they did. They evacuated over a, a, a an eight or nine day period three hundred and thirty eight thousand mm-hmm. people on their on their busiest day. They evacuated sixty eight thousand people. That is incredible. And, and then when they got done, they evacuated all the British. They turned around and went back for the French. For the French, yeah. And and uh, and so. I mean, it's it, it's an amazing. Like once I read the Wikipedia article, right. <laughs> as we all know, the internet's never wrong. And uh, once I read it up, read up about it on Wikipedia, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like there's like those private vessels. They so they they put out a call for private vessels because they didn't have the ships yeah. to to get the soldiers out of there. So they just put out a call like, "If you want a boat, go get somebody." You know, yeah. and and they had like I think it was like eight hundred private vessels. I I think it. Totally am not yeah, looking we're at any. We're Americans, but, uh, so be glad we know any of this. <laughs> two, I think it was 200 military ships and then 700 civilians. Okay, ships, so it was about. like total 850 or something yeah. boats. And but, I believe over 200 military ships were destroyed just in trying to go yeah, there. Basically. I think it might have been 200 of both. I could, like I said, spitballing. Yeah. Yeah. But hundreds were destroyed in trying to do this, and that's why they needed all the help but they could But when they get. finally pan back and show you all the civilian boats coming, it looks like, what, 40? Yeah. yeah. And, and I I get that they all didn't show up at once you know but you never got the magnitude from this film not one it looked, time it, it looked like a lot of soldiers sure yeah. there were a lot it was a bunch didn't look like hundreds of thousands or even fifty thousand it looked like maybe didn't look like the death toll of gettysburg no which it, is what it was yeah. essentially you know yeah and so i really think this movie does a disservice for a couple different reasons but one is to the viewer who going in and trying to see a, a movie and educate not i'm not saying this is the history channel but still you're going in and you think that you're maybe going to you're he's learn. making a super serious historical movie yeah. so i think at that point it's incumbent upon him to be accurate to explain and it. explain things yeah. and then it's like he goes out of his way to not explain things because it's artsy and then he deliberately like, like he deliberately tells the story like uh apparently like when he was reviewing the records like he would find uh inconsistencies in people's stories because because we're people sure yeah. right and so people would remember things different way so there are like deliberately things in the movie that don't match up so there's a scene where like the one the the pilot guy swooping in mm-hmm. shooting like saving the day on a boat and then t- and then like from another angle or another v- version of the story that guy's about to drown that's the same guy that's trapped in there so when you're like what well, they're more than one like that's why you're confused and it's like when you're deliberately trying to tell the same story from different angles and have them 
be conflicting. Like maybe you kind of got to give somebody a heads up that that's what you're doing. Yeah, but, I would have liked to have researched this going into it, and I purposely. But I shouldn't said, have to no, research no, no. a movie. But I purposely. Yeah. St- I I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what I mean is, if I had to see this movie and I knew this is what I was getting into, I would have educated myself rather than just been like, "What is I'll happening?" I'll let him tell me the story. Yeah. This movie kind of made uh, look like the British Air Force had like two pilots total. That's right. <laughs> that is that is uh, yeah. When we get to this next story, that's the other thing. So so then the next. Oh, I'm sorry. The third story. So the second yeah. one is civilians, and it's one fisherman or boater or civilian with a boat, mm-hmm. and uh, his son, his son's friend, and they head off to go evacuate some soldiers. So the third story takes place in the air, and it's two pilots, two British pilots. One's Tom Hardy, one's other guy. Yeah, and uh, and then one German pilot, basically. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that, that's our dogfighting, and, and, and you know, and they're telling you, all, you're hearing over the radio. That are not over the radio, but you're hearing on land from the from the leaders that like they won't send more planes because they uh, because they they're trying to keep them in case they lose here that so they can protect the island mm-hmm. of of the United Kingdom. What right? about the Germans? Did they send one plane? I don't know. But just but, one guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, my, but my point is that not knowing anything about Dunkirk, like I, I took. I thought that that's what was going on, that they really only had two or three planes that they were sending to help these guys because they were like, we have to we have to steal ourselves for what's going to happen after this. Yeah. And so to, when I, I, I read because, like I said, I read up about it today. And I think they had, you know, a, a couple hundred planes. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting and and nothing. It's like, just weird that the story literally I mean that the point I was trying to make was it's Tom Hardy, right. other British pilot, German bomber. What so does so does Christopher Nolan just hate the lower half of Tom Hardy's face? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it is really funny that it, when he's Bane he acts with just his eyes. In yeah. this movie, literally once oh. once he puts the oxygen mask on, he does not take it off to the last scene of the movie. Yeah. But I, to his credit Tom Hardy can act really well with his eyes. Yeah. I mean, I thought the yeah. same thing when he was Bane. You saw his emotion, and the he's a good actor. You thought but. you couldn't understand him as Bane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> welcome to Dunn. Try to try to talk over airplane engines <laughs> and gunfire. And, and what? Like I had? Did you have trouble understanding people in this movie? Oh yeah. I mean, I can understand accents, but it's a the sound mixing and editing is so loud. Yeah, and that. You know, everyone's voice is like muffled and which is good for war movie yeah. sounds being loud. But when it comes to dialogue, this, this should have yeah. been a silent movie because the I mean, <laughs> it, it was practically a silent. I mean, there were yeah. very long stretches where there was no speech, which I think was a bad choice. I feel like he did that. So he could have this one twist that comes up later. It wasn't that oh. good of a twist. And and uh, and it made the movie incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it really did. And uh, I just watching these stories unfold, I was so bored. Like you mentioned, Tom, and it, it, it the action sequences were filmed so well that like the action was really good, but just a bunch of action scenes uh, st- stitched together. That's not entertaining. Yeah, it's that's not, a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of these action scenes they seem like they. They're like really quick in their time. Like there's a one scene where a guy's drowning in an airplane for, I mean, I don't know how fast it takes for an airplane to you know go under, but I would assume as soon as it hits the ground or the water goes it's down pretty, pretty quick. quick. It, it lasts a, for it, ten minutes it, on the screen. I would thought like thirty minutes because yeah. he's drowning, and then we cut to like a scene where people are like hanging out under in like in a boat, 
And then we go back to that, and he's yeah. still drowning. And then we go back to that, you know, scene in yeah. the boat. And and the airplane scene is one hour, so we didn't mention that uh, the boat is one week. So it took one week to get the boat from England to Dunkirk. So the boat is bare naked ladies. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it had been one week. It had been one week. Yeah. So so that's the time frame. So you have a day of the evacuation, a week for the boat to get to the evacuation, and one hour of this dogfight between one plane because one of the planes eventually uh, is damaged and has to crash yeah. land on the water, and that's the drowning scene that Devin mentioned. So it's for half the movie. It cuts back to Tom Hardy following this one bomber, like just. No mm-hmm. one's shooting anyone. No one's hitting anyone. And literally, they're just following each other he, for like. He's literally watching to see how much. Oh, his his uh <laughs> his gas tank is like his gauge is broken. That's though, the but, most exciting part of that scene. Yeah. Is, but that the whole time where he's just chasing him, it's just him counting down to see how much gas yeah, he has left. But that's yeah. what I mean like the most <laughs> excitement. It wasn't the guns. It was like, well, let me mark how much gas I have left. <laughs> yeah. It was so you interesting. Know, it also <laughs> means this is another movie where Tom Hardy spends the entire time uh, operating a vehicle. <laughs> yeah wow oh this is also the third uh christopher nolan movie where tom hardy is in it and he's on an airplane oh really yeah inception uh starts out dark knight rises on sure. an airplane yeah okay yeah. oh yeah i forgot interesting. about that interesting yeah um but yeah because he brings his cast of characters because you get uh killian, killian murphy, murphy mm-hmm. sure. and uh and t- tom hardy and yeah. michael Caine pops up yep. he does yeah michael Caine's in this he was the voice on the radio Wait, right really i was I was joking with a friend that, like, because every British actor is, like, in this movie. I was like, I bet Michael Caine's in this. Was that really? The guy on the radio talking to the airplane sure sounded like Michael Caine to me. I'll I'll research it. Yeah, it's Christopher Nolan. It makes sense. It it would make sense. It's plausible. I'll I'll check it out. But it sure sounded like him. I thought, because I thought, I'm like, oh, Michael Caine. Like, I thought he was going to pop up, like, as a character at some point. But now, so it's interesting. The more I thought about this film and what, what it was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, accomplishing the, the, you know, the sound was really good. It was filmed. Interestingly, you know, all these technical things, Mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of gravity, which I know that I thought so too. I know that, you know, some people really enjoyed it. I did not, not because it didn't look amazing. Mm -hmm. Sound familiar. Gravity was a technical Marvel. It also looked amazing. It looked like they were in space. You would swear they filmed it in space, Mm -hmm. right? It looked great. But and it was exciting to watch, like you were on a ride. Mm. But then the story I thought was lackluster. Gravity always felt like more of a video than a movie to yeah. me, and I feel like this one is simulation, kind of, yeah, uh, more of a video than a movie, right? And so that is, I, I started thinking, man, I had the same problems with this as Gravity. Is it's like, yeah, it looks great, but you know, save that for like an experimental film school test. Like, you know, if yeah. you're just going to do technical tests to see if you can, like, you know, do these experimental things, that's great. And I still think Gravity, Gravity was a, was a much more interesting story. Yes. I get what I, you're saying that that it's it's a pretty simplistic. story story yeah. but i felt like as a as an adventure movie like how do we get from point a to point yeah. b it 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 engaged me in a way that this movie oh, never even well, approximates no. yeah and i didn't like gravity but did i like it more than this yes yeah. i absolutely did and and i really didn't care for it because you know it, again it felt like a roller coaster ride but you know i just got back from disney for two weeks i had plenty of rides <laughs> i came to see a summer a big summer it was movie. his honeymoon he had plenty of rides yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you uh but uh you know this is Chris- with me well yeah it wasn't our honeymoon. no i meant thank you for thinking that. oh yeah, yeah, yeah i appreciate yeah. that uh but no this is christopher nolan and a July summer big war film like I'm expecting to see something amazing and all I saw was yes was it intense were there times where like my heart started beating like yeah because technically he he made a film that made you feel these emotions and it was exciting at parts but then by the time it wrapped up an hour and 47 minutes later or whatever 
I seriously thought to myself, is that it? That's the that's what I just I mean he really made a fascinating story completely underwhelming yeah. yeah and and I am still mystified it all the people jizzing all over this movie I, and I have mm. a feeling we're gonna get eaten up for 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 not liking it like you didn't get it I get it I got that it was do boring we, do we have a sound effect for the uh, jerking off Christopher Nolan uh, <laughs> hand gesture because <laughs> yes there you there go, you go. don't tell Dan I use his yeah. morocco oh. we'll clean it <laughs> well, we'll sanitize it I. I don't know about you, but I feel at the screening we were at yesterday, there was tons of people there. I didn't see or hear anyone that liked it. You know, nobody applauded I, when it was over. There no. was like a couple like smattering, uh, but like it, you know, at the end when when they kind of like they achieve their goal and they get everybody out of France. The 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 and part the, where you the cheer. crowd is cheering, like the crowd yeah. in the film is cheering. Where you should be excited. And you could tell that this is supposed to be the part where the audience erupts, and nobody does. No one. And I'm telling you, I they saw were all... there were there was more eruption at the at the ending of Role Models than <laughs> yeah. there was at the ending of this movie. Seriously though, I it, it, and we'll get there. But it, by the end of this movie, the way that it ends, where it's like, yay, we've achieved our goal. It was so anticlimactic, and it shouldn't have felt that way because mm-hmm. when I went and researched the story, I, Devin and I talked about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. I researched it like Tom did, and it was like, wow, this really is amazing, but this film did not tell me that. No. And uh, I just feel like this is a good supplement to your college history course on World War II history. So you, you're reading about it. You know the story. Hey, look at these awesome visuals. But as a film, as a storytelling medium, it, it just doesn't work. Uh, no. I can't imagine like in the future like high school kids or like kids in college taking a history course they're like oh I gotta test on World War II <laughs> I gotta watch Dunkirk and you right. know they're like oh wait I didn't learn anything right exactly <laughs> I'll just watch Dunkirk real quick it's only two hours yeah. long I'll just learn so so I mean this so the the main story so starting off at number one with the mole it, of course you have all these tens of thousands of soldiers on the beach um, but it follows these two characters primarily that do not speak yeah i mean there's like one main character but there is there i mean i think the the one that uh, that we find out the twist or whatever is like the main character and i thought the other kid i considered the other kid the main character the blonde one the the one that found frenchy Oh okay. Oh, so he's surprised. The twist is so he finds the. Oh, he finds him. I couldn't tell him apart. I, honestly, they looked I a lot alike. I thought the, yeah, the British guy. I'm was, glad they're white, so we don't yeah. get in trouble for I, saying that. But but they, the, I thought I they, no looked, they were both like you know like the white guys with dark hair and it's, they had kind of the same haircut. But so it opens with mm-hmm. like this town's getting bombed and this kid's running and mm-hmm. he's looking for a place to take a dump. Um, and then and then he finally does take a dump and they turn it into this movie. Yeah, no. so <laughs> there's uh, gunfire. It's exciting, and and again, this being the beginning, and yeah. I didn't know what we were getting into. Like, it was exciting, and it was like, yeah, wow, like at first yeah. grabbing, and I was like, like oh, it was, is, yeah. yeah. So he runs across this kid on the the beach burying a body, mm-hmm. and so while he, so he, he's the one that's questionable. So the kid, the I guy, didn't know which the one. guy burying the body. Is the is, is the twist is the twist guy? I had, that's yeah, how I the, took it. So correct, uh, but I, again, I could be mistaken because I might have nodded off. I really thought the guy bearing was correct. the twist. Yeah. But I, uh, and so he goes by the sun, a sand dune, trying to take a dump, which I thought was great because they're dropping these leaflets. The Germans are saying, "You're surrounded. You should yeah. surrender." And he's gonna. You could tell he's he using his toilet. He's gonna yeah. wipe his butt with them. Yeah. And uh, and when he goes behind the sun, the sand. I keep wanting to say sun dune. When he goes behind the sand dune, he sees this guy burying a, a body, and so he goes and helps. Oh, some finishing finish burying the body and then they decide they 
all this is essentially wordless, they decide they need to get off the island. And this is such a scam because you really mentioned it earlier. Yeah. But the whole reason they don't talk is not to be artistic. Right. It's so they can have a twist reveal at the end. Yeah. Right. So that's such a so, cheap trick. So they're trying to get on. Who wouldn't talk during this? You right. know what I mean? Like, totally. That's, so they're ugh. trying to get onto uh, one of the boats that are evacuating. There's a huge long line. So they, they get a, an injured soldier on a stretcher and the two of them basically are sprinting to get onto the boat. This is a great Intense. scene. This I mean, great scene. again, they're sprinting to get onto this boat before it leaves with, with this, this, this injured soldier, because they know if they're carrying an injured, injured soldier, they'll get put to the it's front a of the line. Boat. Yeah. Well, and but so, it's a medical boat. That's the whole yeah. point of the, although home. even at this point they're saying, should we let them? Cause one of the few lines of dialogue, they're like every stretcher is seven standing yeah. men. Yeah. And so, they get there in time and they get on the boat and then they they get kicked off the boat for yeah. some reason and it's, and they get kicked off the boat and like a minute later the boat sinks. Like I they think get, they it figure gets, out that they're capsizes. not uh, yeah. medical soldiers. So right. Well, what is that called? I don't know why I can't think of that. What's the... Who are the medics? They're medics, not medics. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, so later it turns out that the guy he came across, you discover... Is French. This is the big mm-hmm. twist at almost the end of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. so the reason that he's not talking is because he doesn't want to reveal he's French because this is the British evacuation and they're yeah. only taking their soldiers. They make it very clear the British guys are they're, like they're taking care of the own. British first. Yeah. They mm-hmm. said go get your own boat to the the French guys. You know, or the right. Belgians, whoever else asked. They're like, no, go go on your own boats. So the whole time they're not talking, but the whole the point is that the British guy would be talking. I get that the French guy wouldn't talk, mm-hmm. so that makes sense with the right. story. But instead but of being for that, okay, but for the French guy, to, for for the French guy to not talk, the only way that works is for for the British guy to also not talk. exactly. That's and why it's a cheap technique, it's, but it's, it would never happen. Yeah, or, no, absolutely, so, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 just really like <laughs> I agree. It's cheap. It's, it is a cheap mm-hmm. trick, especially it's, for a movie that's supposed to be so that wants to be yes. so. Artsy it's and below, smart. It's below Nolan. I mean, yeah. we're talking about this. It's a is, parlor trick. This is the prestige. This is Inception. This the, is. But I'm just saying, the yeah. guy that did those which right. were very smart movies, and to rely on a trick where I mean, in, it, the whole point like of the, the Sixth prestige Sense. Is a, the Sixth Sense yes. is a great movie. Yes, it's. I mean, as much as I rip on M Night Shyamalan, it, that is a brilliant it movie. Is. And but at the end of the day. It's a parlor trick, yeah. right? The whole thing hinges on we're telling the story in a very weird and sideways manner. And it's manipulative. It's manipulative. And that's okay. Film, by its by virtue of definition, is manipulative. And, and it's okay, especially when it works. I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is manipulative, right? right. It, but it works. And But this, for a movie of that... For the type of movie this is professing to be, for it to hinge a major plot point on what is essentially a parlor trick, I think is is beneath but the film. How did you guys feel when the reveal came up? I'm just like, eh, whatever. I, didn't I mean, care. It, no, I didn't, it, because because you don't care about these characters. No, and that at this is the point, problem. I was completely divested of this film. And this is the problem with this type of storytelling. So sure, there are artistic ways where you could have a silent film and have it work, and and you could you could do it in a really artful way and make it work, and it could be an important piece of cinema and all that. But the way this film did it was not effective. And so when you finally see these reveals, you're like, I just don't care because. How many different ways can you see planes shoot and drop bombs on people at a beach? We probably got 30 minutes of just that going on with yeah, no dialogue. Yeah. So if you don't care about the people they're shooting, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying in real life, I don't care. It's people lost their lives. We We're get talking that. about a, film. a movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So for this story, if you don't connect me with these characters and, and all I have to go on is good people are dying. Well, 
that isn't as a movie going to grab me. And so you don't connect with them. So you can't feel those emotions that you feel when a character that you've followed for two hours dies that you really cared about because right. ha- you haven't been invested. And so, yeah, when that reveal happens that, yeah, this guy wasn't talking because he's French and he's been trying to get his way into the British ships to survive. You're like, oh, OK. Oh, yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I like the moment when they thought he was German. You know, yeah, and they were, and I was like, oh, I guess we haven't heard him talk, but we haven't heard eighty percent of the movie. And <laughs> no, people talk hardly because I you mean, thought that it was an artistic choice, uh, not a trick choice, right? And and, yeah. and and again, when a movie does something like that, when it's clearly designed to be a super smart and important quote unquote film. And then to rely on something like that, yeah. I just really found that distasteful. Well, yeah, and you, exactly, because this is a real historical event. This yeah. is where hundreds of people, thousands of people lost their lives. And yeah, it's not a trick-type reveal movie. It's yeah. not, or it and, shouldn't be. And you know, the the interesting thing is that uh, uh, the idea of having these separate storylines at different chronologies take take being told to us, you know, Simultaneously toggling back and forth between three different points of time and, sometimes, and, then, and then essentially they want them to all kind of merge at some point But yeah. they never really fully merge no, but, but even that premise that it's, That was the movie best defense with eddie murphy and dudley moore like that I mean and, and it's eddie murphy's first real flop and mm. and i'm just like what a weird storytelling device to lift from a Shitty eddie murphy movie. Yeah, I you mentioned that how none of them like actually like intertwine at all these three stories. I mean, and yeah, it's because they take place at all different times, and that might work better if they were all told at once, like in like it's, Pulp Fiction. You know, oh right. my gosh, that, talk that, about that, brilliant, right? Brilliant nonlinear storytelling. And, yeah. and what's fascinating is is Pulp- Memento. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, for, to make it, it even yeah, more, it's connected. not like he can't do it. it yeah, yeah. yeah, but it, what's interesting is is Pulp Fiction does something very similar from a from a storytelling device, but you never like you figure out pretty quickly what they're doing, so you can so you can go along for the right. ride. And this movie, I felt like, really kind of robs you of that. It, it does, and I don't think there's re- there's no good reason why. You go from one story that takes place a week after in an airplane, and then you go to something that happened the first day, and they don't... I mean, they all take place during the evacuation of Dunkirk, but other than that... And they do all tie up together. I mean, they do all touch at one point, but it's not... And I get that, you know, there's three pretty different aspects of the Dunkirk Mm -hmm. invasion that you have the soldiers trying to get off the beach, you have the boats trying to get to the soldier, and then you have... The, the English in the air and and so I get that you're trying to figure out and the, and they take place by virtue of definition kind of at radically different times within that week and so to do it the other way would be very episodic you'd be like beach and now this and now that and I get that that could feel kind of plotting so I get what he's trying to achieve I just, just don't think he achieved yeah, it yeah. in any way no. shape or form it was it was edited it's very poor the way they edit it together and i don't mean like technically i mean the film no, looks good yeah. but and that's what's so frustrating <laughs> is that like like i can't sit here and say that this is a poorly made film right. like from a from a technical standpoint it's a very well made movie it's just from a storytelling yeah. standpoint i really think it just collapses under its own weight yeah i mean because the acting is good for yeah. for, for the acting that you see i mean as far as them being scared running even away even harry styles was good i don't even know who that like so he I was, was going to ask if you know who that is. I did not. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I didn't know who he was I either. I thought Harry Styles was the 
was the guy who was accusing him of being German. Okay, so I he's, thought I'm not 100 percent. So he's on that. not one of the main characters, but one of the guys they get stuck in the boat with. I let me I look because that's the funny thing is everyone was talking about oh Harry Styles in this movie and I know he was in a band but like I don't know what he looks like and so I expected to see this movie and somehow to know that was oh that's Harry mm-hmm. Styles I'm like but they all looked the same to me all three <laughs> of, of I guess if you're saying it's that guy they all looked the same isn't that the guy yeah I still don't really know which one uh, to, to me it's just all three of those yeah, characters sure, honestly I, def- I definitely wouldn't I would definitely <laughs> that's not the, know that's the guy that that accused him of being a German right yeah, I think yeah, because that picture. It's sorry. Yeah, I mean, the other the ones I'm like, say. yeah, they all had dark short hair. hair. Yeah. They were all yeah. white and they all had life vests on. All I mean, the boy band singers look like. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I, I I agree with exactly what you're saying. It just didn't work, and so you know um, the so. I thought that the action scenes were really good if they were intermixed with an interesting story with you know, good writing. It's and, funny. We talk about this all the time of like, you know, you want to care in order yeah. to be invested in the action. It, exactly. It, you don't just want a, a delivery system for action. So, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. think about it this way. I was just thinking if you were to watch each of these clips individually without a story. So if you were to watch the beginning where he's trying to take a dump, but then there's gunfire and it's intense, your heart's pounding. That's a good scene. Yeah. If you were wanting to see some of the other uh, the, the scene, where they're, scene when they're or, racing for, to get onto the boat with the stretcher. Oh my gosh. I thought oh, that yeah. was so, great. Like as far yeah. as like the scene where like he's that. drowning in the plane, I thought was really well done. Oh, yeah. I thought the my favorite scene was uh, when they're uh, I guess with Hen- uh, with the Harry boat Siles. scene. Where, yeah, yeah. Where again. It's exciting. It's intense, right? But it's funny that when you put all those together and string them together without a story and characters and dialogue, it doesn't have the Mm -hmm. impact. The whole is less than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And so, yeah, uh, you know, I just got bored with the main story, which was these kids running around trying to avoid bombs and and gunfire, which I know is obviously a huge part of it. But but again, it's like after a while, it's like, I get it. It's it's a dire situation. They're getting shot at. They're getting bombed. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, without caring about the characters it got redundant and uh and then we went back to the boat scene and a third of the movie is just civilians on a boat sailing to dunkirk and and i know there's a little more to it because the the main thing is they pick up killian murphy who's uh crashed on a plane and so they pick him up and he has like ptsd he's in shock because the plane was shot down and crashed which very understandable we even mentioned that he accidentally kills a guy yeah and so and then that so that's the main thing is like this kid is uh the the son of the captain of this boat Mm. uh his friend decides to come along because he's never done anything important and he wants to impress his dad Mm. and you know and be a hero so he decides to come along and killian murphy ends up freaking out because they're sailing right into the war where he just crashed from and he Mm -hmm. wants to go home and so he starts freaking out and he's like i'm not gonna let you go back to dunkirk and he's trying to grab the the wheel is that a pirate is it not a pirate ship on a ship is it the wheel or what uh, do you yeah the steering? the wheel the wheel I right mean, i don't I grab, grab the wheel i wasn't rescuing anyone yeah. at dunkirk <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but i mean that's why i'm not a, a nautical guy obviously but yeah. but so he grabs the wheel and starts struggling with the the captain the dad mm. and he ends up like kicking or you know hitting Elbowing, the, whatever. The, the young yeah. kid that came along for the ride down the stairs and he ends up hitting his head and uh you know the friend goes down there and he eventually says that the kid that was hit can't see he's blind yeah. And so, you know, and Killian Murphy is all freaked out and he keeps asking, is he going to be okay? And, you know, the, the, the friend, the son of the captain's getting all ticked off at him and eventually the kid dies. Yeah. So is that, <laughs> is that kid, the kid who falls and hits his head, is that the captain's son? No. That's just friend. another kid. That's the friend. I, I of guess. He, was, he was pretty 
not yeah, flummoxed say, by all that. He's just kind of like, <laughs> well, I mean, I know the British keep a stiff upper lip, but Jesus Christ, yeah. you got a dead sixteen-year-old laying in your boat. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a weird uh, situation. It was kind of like, well, you but know, I guess we if need you're to at, save people. <laughs> but I guess if you're at war, I mean, with all that crazy, uh, give it. I got to give but it. This to is them. A, but but it's a civilian kid. Yeah. Like I mean, I like I. I would think. Oh, which one? Who who wasn't flummoxed? The captain of the ship. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, he so, was dealing the, with a, absolutely, I just, yeah. absolutely. Like I get, like I mean, I would have yeah. appreciated a line of dialogue of like, well, I got to focus on this right now. But yeah. then for that to happen, there would have needed to be dialogue, dialogue right? Yeah. yeah. But so yeah, so there's that part. But other than that conflict, I mean, really, it's like five scenes they flash back to Killian Murphy being like, I don't want to go to Dunkirk, and then another five scenes of them going like, we're going to Dunkirk, and then he hits the kid and he dies. And it's like That's the most I mean there's just Not much to that And I know they want you To care And they're trying To pull on your heartstrings Because this kid's Mm -hmm. like All I want to do Is get in the paper And have you know My dad proud of me That I did something And whatever And that comes back around At the end That you know The uh the, the friend The friend yeah, ends up In the newspaper Giving his info to the paper Even though he didn't do anything right. But <laughs> yeah. you know So that's a I think that's kind of a I guess I don't want to call it manipulative Because I mean that's That's what film does But you know what I mean yeah. Like again I didn't really care enough About the story To really feel it Like they wanted you to Not at all So it was like Yeah I see what you're doing there And in a, in a better story It would be like Wow that's really impactful yeah. You know But I didn't get emotional over it Or teary eyed Or you know I just was like Okay well. Yeah I I was so disappointed with this movie. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. and then the most disappointment, which I would have thought that ta- that I would say out of the three stories, that probably sailing a boat to Dunkirk for a week would be the most boring part. Yeah, except that for a little plane. scuffle, oh. the plane, the dogfight. I have seen more exciting dogfights in Snoopy comic strips, and I'm not kidding. Nothing like, yeah. happens. Like Snoopy and the Red Baron. Yeah, I mean, it's- more action happens. I mean, I just kept thinking, like, I mean. Tom Hardy, I know he's trying to hit this thing, but that thing is like a bomber, and he's this little plane that's supposed to be able to shoot him down. He gives a few shots off, then he just kind of flies around and gets him in his sights. And I'm not saying that it's an easy job. I'm not like I could get up there and shoot right. him down, but like mm-hmm. th- you would think eventually he would shoot this bomber down or yeah. clip him. He clips him a couple times, but it was so boring. There was no action. It wasn't really a dogfight. It was like a game of tag. Yeah. Where one just... And I'm sure probably, especially, you know, you didn't have computer systems and stuff, so I'm sure it was very difficult to shoot a plane down. Like, I have no doubt, but like, at the same time, I don't feel like the movie really conveyed the degree of difficulty. It just was like, we're gonna try again. Nope. Gonna try again. But that... It could have been interesting had it shown you like, no, look, this is what you really need to do to shoot a plane down. But that bomber was hardly evasive. Tom Hardy had the smaller plane and the other guy shot his friend down. And I mean, that's what they're there to do. And I just feel like that plane, somehow the bomber, because that's what it was. It wasn't like a little machine gun plane. It was a bomber dropping the bombs on the ship. Yeah. It just would not have evaded him for that entire hour. And that's what it's supposed to take place an hour, which felt like 10 hours. Yeah. uh, Because nothing happened. But it was really just throughout Tom Hardy marking his gas, Mm -hmm. talking to the other guy in some mumble. And I can't find out if the guy back on land was Michael Caine. Okay. I can't find any reference to who that character is. Surprised you recognized it. It sure sounded like my. Well, I was so I was so starved for the human word. (laughs) <laughs> Every little thing he clung yeah, to. Anytime there was speech, yeah. I was perked up. So and then, but eventually, at the end of the movie, I guess Tom Hardy, after after the thing successfully bombs everyone, basically takes the thing out. I mean, there was hardly any risk. I think at that point, but I mean, you know, what I mean, like yeah, he felt- basically bombs like. 
tons of ships, tons of people. Mm-hmm. Right. And then at the end, because you see at the end, I guess the mole is just covered in dead bodies. Like mm-hmm. they had killed so many soldiers at that point yeah. and bombed it and everything. So he takes. Are you out. sure that they were dead, or did they maybe fall asleep from boredom? <laughs> oh, it's one of those things. It's kind of like pain and gain, where I really don't want to make fun of it. Like. It feels a little weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with Pain and Gain, I'm like, that would be such a great fictional work because it, it but it's real. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> I get that. But, but, uh, but no, but really, I, I'm dead on the inside. That's true. So yeah. it's, I can get away yeah. with it. So yeah, I mean, and at the end he, he does eventually take out that bomber and everyone's cheering at him because there was just that one plane threat, I guess, for the entire battle. Germans just had the one. They weren't staffed up yet. Yeah, I guess <laughs> not. And so he takes it out and they're all cheering. But at this point his propeller, I guess he ran out of fuel propeller stop moving yeah. so he's like gliding as long as he can yeah and eventually lands on the beach and that's when we see his face like fully for the first mm-hmm. time a lot of people said was that tom hardy like you know <laughs> and i knew he was gonna be in it and i could tell from the eyes but oh, yeah. it was funny that people actually went tom hardy was in this movie <laughs> and <laughs> he uh, told us and then he's captured by german soldiers it, eventually it was probably the easiest role he ever had a film for you just Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, just yeah. in an airplane. And yeah, but I mean, I it, you know, he, again, the acting with the eyes yeah. and everything. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't not do to, that. Yeah. yeah, not to call Tom yeah. Hardy a bad actor, but again, as far as dialogue and and things to do, I mean, it is just one location. So, um, but yeah, again, th- this should have been exciting. I mean, you think about war movies and dogfights, and you know, you think you're going to be in for at least some excitement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there. I mean, oh. yeah, I was. Very, very mystified. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, the. So they. Uh, does the French kid die? One of them dies, right? I don't know. I can't. Re- I, <laughs> it really is unfortunate like the, because the I. The further it got in the movie, like their hair got wet, they yeah. got dirtier. And I'm telling you, they all they, looked very similar. And so, like, they already looked similar. Yeah. And then. They have the, oil on their face. Yeah, yeah. Their hair gets wet and their faces get, get. They get covered in oil when they go into the water when the boat capsizes. So, like, it got even harder yeah. to tell them apart. So, one of them died. I don't know. Which one? Was it Harry Styles that dies? Who's reaching for the ladder? So, the the one intense scene that Devin was talking about, again, as a clip, as a scene, it was it was a good well-made scene right but uh they're they find a boat that's washed up on during high tide and now the water's back down so they have uh eight or so soldiers they all get in the boat and they're waiting for the water to come back well it gets shot and they eventually find out that it's target practice because they see a group of three bullets so they're like they're not trying to kill us they're just Mm-hmm. Yeah, messing so, around. so now they and this was cool because they couldn't shoot back, right? Because they're not attacking them. It's target practice. So if they shoot back, they'll give away that yeah, they're yeah. in there. They can't get out of oh, it because right. Yeah, some guy tries to like look through one of the holes and gets shot in the eye. Oh my or yeah. in the face. It was intense. Cover his mouth. Yeah, and I like it because it also built the tension. Because now that it's shot and the water starts coming back up. The boat is still operational, but now that it has water in it, that takes up the weight a person mm-hmm. would take. So more water comes in, more people have to leave to offset it. You can still sail it, but you know it's heavier, and it would sink with all the water. The the fact that the boat sank kind of like threw away the twist too. Like the big deal was the twist that he was French, and, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh well, now now they're all because this is the yeah. scene yeah. where you find out he's French. We yeah. surprised, yeah, us. because they uh um the Harry Styles character is like. Like, he's a German spy. They're, they're trying to talk. figure out who to throw off the boat. And yeah. then he's like, that guy's a German spy because he hasn't talked. And he won't talk because he either doesn't know English or if he does, he has an accent. Which, it has to be another uh, misdirection that cha- part one was called the mole. Because you're supposed to think, I'm not a, I'm yeah, not I, a uh, I am not a, what would you call an architectural nautical expert. I mean, I didn't know a mole until I looked it up was right. a seawall barrier 
type deal. And so it goes one, the mole, and then it shows either this guy or the other one, whichever one. But, so you're thinking, oh, there's a mole, right. a spy. That's you know. So I think that was also part of the trick. Oh, I I agree wholeheartedly. Most people I don't, wouldn't know. I don't think that was an accident. Yeah, exactly. Because honestly, in the grand scheme of things, mole didn't play the the mole itself. The no. the seawall. They were at it for. They didn't play that that large oh, yeah. of a. No. Except for the fact that that's why they set up camp there is because they they ended up using the mole as a dock because mm-hmm. the docks had been destroyed. So the, some, one of the generals had an idea of like, well, let's use the mole as a dock yeah. when these, and bring in smaller boats because the bigger boats couldn't get close yeah. enough. And apparently, like when the soldiers were waiting to get picked up, they would wade out into the water, into shoulder-high water, and they had to stand there all day <sighs> waiting for the boat. And so it's like, what an interesting... Story you should tell it <laughs> yeah I think There's probably a lot of interesting stories that you Could tell with dialogue and characters yeah. That you know their names or we, you know. we Added sound to movies for a reason yeah. Kenneth Branagh was in this yeah He's a good actor he Absolutely. had probably the most dialogue Of anyone he yeah. plays a mm. high up a General or you know right. high ranking mm. Official admiral in the Navy kind of like the guy that Was running the show yeah and uh, he's good he's A great actor and director um, yeah he's The only one that gives information about what's going On yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. and so I mean He was good but it, it just wasn't enough to really and again you don't really care enough about anyone that you're you know no. you can't save and it. then so then uh i guess when you get to the end and they finally get everybody off the island and then kenneth Branagh's character decides he's going to stay there and uh and help the french get all you know he's going to say well now let's get the french yeah. off this island which um it was winston churchill who decided that not this guy um which seemed odd like I get that they want to convey that the British stayed there but it wasn't he wasn't like I will do this it was like they were they Churchill was like now save the French yeah. like like mm-hmm. we saved our people now save now save as many of them as you can and I think they saved like another like 30 or 40,000 French yeah. they, they still had to evacuate and have a lot die um, because the Germans eventually did mm-hmm. take over so they, right. they could only uh, I guess this this is what lost the war for Germany was that yeah. Hitler wanted to attack um, Dunkirk. So Hitler wanted to, and it wasn't his decision not to. It was uh, someone else who told him, advised him, one of his guys advised him not to attack Dunkirk, that they should build up their forces and do whatever for the the upcoming assault. So as far as I understand it, uh, this was the one key like, point. Like be- a key, bl- even though it comes very early in the war, yeah. it ends up being a being, very a crucial blunder. Yeah. Because there's 300,000 British soldiers that could then fight another day that they would have taken out right. and, and taken everything from them and mm-hmm. and uh, I just think it was a very pivotal point and of course like you said there's a lot of different things that and add we up know but this, that because we read about it afterwards exactly yeah. and yeah. yeah all this is is based on research after the movie because I really wanted to find out the story. I told myself there's no way they're making a movie about an event that wasn't significant, right? Like, right. there's a reason they're making this movie. It's not just something that happened. And, and I think part of the reason, like, this is a huge uh, event in in Britain. Like, this is a, this is a a cultural touchstone for them or a historical touchstone for them. It it looms large over their history, and and it, it it's kind of that mentality of the British will. They'll button up and they'll do what needs to be done, and they're not going to yeah. bitch about it. And and they will go in and do what do what need they need to, and they will get out, and then they will go on with yeah. their day. Like they, they even, I think they even talk about it. They st- it's still a saying, I guess, in England, the Dunkirk 
way. The Dunkirk <laughs> Constitution or the Dunkirk mentality or something like that. Never, never been out of North yeah. America. But, but, and, and, but, but it is, but, and so it doesn't loom that large over here. Right. And, we're not familiar. And I think the reason the, for that is the, the Churchill, so this is the, the incident where Churchill gives his famous speech about we will fight on the beaches and yep. we will fight on this. Like this, it's a yeah. very famous speech. And, and he gives it at the end of the movie, right? You well, hear he doesn't. It. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought they do have a radio. They have today. a guy reading it from the newspaper. Yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, yeah, the I see. But okay, so, so you don't actually it, get yeah. to hear Churchill because when you hear it, when you hear Churchill give it, it's a very famous speech that you've you heard. Who played Churchill? Was it Hopkins or who? Do we ever see Churchill? I was going to say no, 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 in I, another movie. Who plays Churchill? And is it like? Is it Brian Cranston? Maybe like there's oh maybe there's a Churchill movie. I'll look it up. I know there. Yeah. I know there's a big name that plays. Churchill. But so you don't get to actually hear Churchill saying it, and I'm even okay with that because that's most people wouldn't have. They would have read it in the paper. So I'm right. like I'm okay, I'm okay with that. But but uh, I think the reason it doesn't loom large over here is because in the in the speech that's even famous, Churchill says like, look, let's not consider this a victory he's like you don't win wars by evacuating and and like mm-hmm. they there's even a character that brian says cox that, brian cox okay oh. i had the brian part right <laughs> uh, but uh but honestly i thought there was one with a bigger actor playing churchill but this I, one just came out last month i think is yeah. why it was kind of top of mind oh yeah, yeah there's there's other ones certainly but a, a new one i mean obviously gotcha. actors have played him sure, over time, sure. but, but gary but, oldman I think that's what I'm thinking. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just real quick. Uh, yeah, this was updated July 13th, so I guess it is newer. Gary Oldman is unrecognizable as Winston Churchill in the new World War II movie trailer, Darkest Hour. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So, uh, but, you know, he make, he says in his speech, and they lift the line and put it in the movie about, you don't win a war by evacuating. So while it's, well, this was a huge achievement, and we're really glad it happened, let's not pat ourselves on the back mm-hmm. too much because we still had to run away. So let's regroup and get back to fighting. And and I think that's part of why it's kind of really famous in England, but maybe not so much over sure. here. It's certainly known. I don't want to act like this is some secret forgotten piece of no. history. Yeah. If you're a World War II buff, you absolutely but know if, about this. Yeah. But if you're not a World War II buff, there's a good chance you don't. Right. You that's the, So that's the problem is that this is a big summer blockbuster type of film you know this is christopher nolan directing a world war ii movie that's like saying steven spielberg directing a world war ii movie mm-hmm. i mean yeah. in this day and age that holds the same amount based on yeah. his filmmaking yeah. history i mean that has the same impact so when you say steven spielberg's making saving private ryan and christopher nolan's making dunkirk like you're expecting those two things are going to be on the same level right and People are, um, I predict it now, people are going to go to this movie because it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, Christopher Nolan, all the actors that are in it, they're going to see it the first weekend, and 90%, I mean, I'm just making that up, but I think 90% are going to leave going, ugh, like... This is not what I thought it was. The audience is not going to go for this because, yes, is it a technical achievement in, in filmmaking, not storytelling, but filmmaking? Yes, technically, it's a great movie, but summer audiences are not wanting to go to the theater for this. Well, I... I know it's like like we said it only has one bad review and the guy I love I love that review he talks about how it's the editing is just so choppy though but yeah. I wonder I I didn't check all the outlets but you know how outlets you know uh, they're not all in yeah yet. they're all uh, they, absolutely they all have different ones in europe and whatnot yeah. I wonder if the embargo was released in the UK first yeah well yeah I I agree um, yeah I did th- these are these are the thing is it comes out 
this Friday or Thursday night. Yeah. And all these reviews were at 98% as of last weekend. But there were, there were like 48 or 50 reviews. Like oh, it, yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't like there 10, were three. Cause but this should be like a, I think, I feel like a 200 review movie. Sure. You know, this yeah. is oh, yeah, yeah. Nolan's summer. So it will be interesting to see if it levels out. I, I think you're onto something there, Devin. But I, I really feel like week one, it's going to do well. They're going to make some money on this sucker. And I'm telling you, week two coming out against Atomic Blonde, mm. not just because of the competition, but I mean, with that coming out and the the word of mouth, which I don't think will be great, I really think the second week's going to take a huge drop. I'm going to, I bet it's 60, 70%. I can't imagine anyone wants to see this movie more than once. And that's the other there thing. Could that. you ever imagine watching this again? And, and you know, when you compare it to Spielberg, and obviously the, the obvious comparison is Saving Private Ryan, but... With another Spielberg World War II movie, Schindler's List. Schindler's List like sure. there's a movie that you walk out of thinking, "Who's going to go see this yeah. again?" But it was so good, mm-hmm. people yeah. did. Even though it it's it's one of the more difficult, especially yes. mainstream movies to watch in terms of the content. Like mm-hmm. it's a great f- film, yeah. but it's 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 very difficult to do, sit. Do you own that movie? I do. I do too. Have you ever watched yours? No, I have not. Absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> I bought it when I, I intend wo- to. But yes. it's hard. It's hard to sit down and just be like let's I've, watch it let's I've watch. seen it once and I I bought it I saw it I did. saw it twice in the theater and it's funny cuz when I went to see it the second time I even said I'm going to go see this in the in the theater a second time because I know that I know how unlikely I am to ever sit down and watch this film beginning to end on my own without having mm-hmm. to because you bought a ticket and you're sitting there right yeah. and once you buy a ticket you, you know you yeah. you're strapped in and and uh you're not gonna let that 450 go to waste right yeah <laughs> i mean it, yeah it was 1994 or whatever i mean that was nighttime fees i'm not talking about the mad yeah, you I were was, there at 450 for the nighttime show. i was baller man yeah but uh but yeah i mean it's so same thing like i like i was like i need to see this movie one more time in the theater because i don't know that i'll ever yeah. have the 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 Constitution yeah. to sit through twice. I bought it. I was 16 or 17 working at Circuit City, and I, you know, release day Tuesday, uh, they came out with the whatever at the time, 20th anniversary edition, what special DVD, two disc collector edition. Right. And I'm like, this is an important movie. It's on sale. Always the first week they come out, it's on sale. And I'm like, well, I better pick up this special edition. I've never watched it to this day. We're talking about 14, 15 years later. I just. You yeah, know. I have it on Blu-ray, yeah. but, but not because it's anything like this movie. But you know, what I mean, that's right. a movie where it's tough to make yourself watch again. So this it's one, one of those movies, there's <laughs> those movies that are like the best movie you'll never watch again. Absolutely. So like Schindler's List mm-hmm. is like that. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. That one, I, that one, I do go back and watch every uh, couple of years because, and it is a tough watch. It's just so damn good, and there's something about it. I think from an artistic, like the art style. I mean, Schindler's List is a great movie, but it's just it's a really well made Steven Spielberg movie, right? Yeah. Requiem for a Dream is it's a lot more stylized. Yeah, and so I love watching all those shots, you know, where they do kind of like what Sam Raimi does when they're getting the drugs together. It's the quick close-up zoom shots in the beginning and popping the drugs and the, you know, it looks neat, right? And there's so much art to it where I want to go back and watch it just to see that art uh, and not so much the subject matter, which is very hard to watch. Um, but yeah, anyway, so this movie, I I don't think anyone that we talked to last night, we talked to a few different critics and and people that were there, I'm like, could you ever imagine watching this again? And I think the consensus is no, unless you're going to watch a clip like uh, The Phantom Menace. So The Phantom Menace, I put back in to watch that lightsaber <laughs> scene with Darth Maul. Right. Oh, That's so an good. amazing scene. So good. When I used to test home stereo systems or want to show off my home theater or whatever, it was the pod racing scene with all the bass and everything. Yeah. And then that lightsaber scene is still an amazing 
fight choreography. Sure. A great sequence, right? So if I wanted to be like... Yeah, no Princess Bride. Well, you know. <laughs> so it's like maybe if someone just wanted from a technical standpoint like oh look at this clever editing or, or sound okay from a technical guy this is a gorgeous movie and yeah, I, yeah and it's hard to tell like I was, well that um the whole like at the end we're talking about tom hardy's uh he runs out of gas yeah and then gliding and I, I was i kept on going back and forth whether i think that's cgi or not it's like would they actually have someone well, stop an airplane i was like I, you know christopher nolan is a tech is a uh practical effects guy so the, to film the dark night is it the dark no the dark, dark night, night rises, rises they lifted a plane into the air and filmed in yeah, air he, he loves his practical effects so i bet you more of this is is practical than you'd think but more of it's cg than you'd also think because you just can't have that many ships of that time period and and, and it might be practical with a cgi assist sure. there might be a oh, lot yeah, of that definitely, going on but and it's it, but it's ultimately it, Ultimately, it's a shame. I think this is probably the first Christopher Nolan film that I've just flat out been like, yeah. not interested. No. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I, I think I really not just like, but I pretty much love everything he's done. I thought Memento was my first introduction to him. I guess sure. maybe there was like a I think there's a small art film. film before yeah, that, but, but Memento but, is most people's first. I mean, first and that was his first big film. That's I, my and, favorite. And, and it's incredible. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've gone back and watched that because it's a lot. I mean, that I will go back and watch and I've showed people that have never seen it and they go and show, you know, it's like yeah. one of those movies that you just w- blows your mind when you watch it. But um, I liked Insomnia. I really liked Insomnia. Insomnia Chino Robin Williams, uh, the Prestige. I love. I think that's genius. I think the misdirections and the twist in that, I think is genius. Like that is tricky, not tricky, but you know that is Sixth Sense type stuff going yeah. on. Like done really I, well. I had uh, I had some problems with the Prestige when it came out initially. I I I, I like it now. Yeah, because I accept it on its own terms. But I had read the book. Oh, okay, and and yeah, uh, and, and was put off by the film because i was like but that's not what this is about and Mm -hmm. and uh and so once i kind of got past that though like i'm like okay it's in the same way that like i get why stephen king doesn't like stanley kubrick's version of the shining yeah yeah. because i that's a great it's one of his best books and he and stanley kubrick if you if you went there to see the book you're not going to be happy. And that's such a good movie from it, someone who didn't grow up. Like, you know, right. I was obviously younger, so I saw the movie. I hadn't read the book yet. When and I honestly, saw it. it might be my favorite. I'm not a big Kubrick fan, so that might be my favorite Kubrick movie. It's probably that or Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I think that's a great movie. Yeah. But it's also, it's. I would love to see someone make The Shining right. Uh, so, like, it is supposed to be a faithful adaptation. The new I believe one. so. Yeah. I still don't know that, how I can do that last yeah, scene. Say yeah. that end, uh, towards the end. There you go. You got two big problems. Yeah. You, you got you got a, a a mystical turtle and you got a gangbang on a twelve year old girl. <laughs> oh. And it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like uh, sentimental and closure for these characters. Oh. So it's like I mean I remember reading the book when it came out like thirty years ago, and even like even you even then I was <laughs> like. What are we doing? Are we really going to like in the book is so, so good up until that last 20 pages that I think a lot of people just chose to, to turn a blind eye because they like some. But I mean, I got to the end. and I was just like, I mean, it was good. But like, what is that? How are we supposed to pretend like like that was a good moment? Yeah. Like it was really weird. But so I agree. I mean, going back to Nolan, I mean, I liked all the Batman movies, even the Dark Knight Rises. I know the Dark Knight is one of the best, but I still really enjoyed Dark Knight Rises. I enjoyed Inception, uh, and then Interstellar. 
I think that's one where I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my favorite. But still, my problem is that it always like broke its own rules. But I mean, yeah, I, there was a lot of stuff, and especially when you do the math. And I'm no scientist, but you know, <laughs> I was curious how accurate the time frame was and everything. And it's, it, it, when you, I think it was Passengers, I hated that movie. But um, oh yeah, it's an awful. Movie. Uh, I was listening to the podcast driving, and I think it was you. There was like you would fly off into space because the ship is driving, and <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> like we're going through space right now on this on this planet, like going like super fast like <laughs> yeah. me. i'm no i'm no scientist i don't you know <laughs> i was a mass communications major yeah. so like i like i'll tell you like i don't know yeah so, i didn't graduate from college till i was 45 because i had to take a math class to do it yeah so suck it <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Uh, but but yeah i mean this is really the first misstep and and i think also it's very sad because and tom you hit on it earlier because it's so technically good Mm-hmm. That if this stuff wasn't a better story, this would this could be a great movie. Absolutely, because of the skills of Nolan and everyone that was involved with it. It's beautiful film. The sound, I mean, the sound of bullets and bombs. You know, things whizzing past mm-hmm. your ears. It's like it was. I amazing. love that, and that's one of my big complaints. I think a lot of filmmakers don't take sound as seriously as they should. Like there are so many cool things that they could do with sound to 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 mess with your head and get you yeah. disoriented especially in an action movie or a horror movie that just gets left on the table that I'm just like stop doing jump scares like you can yeah. there are other things you can do to freak people out and they just leave so much on the table but uh and 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 he's a director who who gets that yeah. and so mm-hmm. Like again, there's so many technical things to like about the film. So, yeah, it's and it's and it's weird that we end up where we are because, like, to me, like there were points in this movie where my heart was racing and it was intense, and I was, you know, like, yeah. So it accomplished those things, but as a whole, I didn't like it at all. So it's just weird to have it be look and sound so good and still pull on some of those emotions. It's funny the way film not, works like that. Like someone can make a can have a well made movie that doesn't entertain you, and then you can have a movie that's not well made. That entertains the yeah. living crap out of you. I mean, how many movies do we do we like that we know they're not good movies? I mean, yeah. even like a movie that that everyone loves, Caddyshack. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Like that's yeah. like on paper, that's not a good movie. It's it's not all that well shot. It's not all that well lit. It's not all, it's not a. There's no cohesive story. There's no character arcs. There's no through lines. But we love it. But yeah, it's it, but it's really funny. And for some reason, we enjoy spending time with those characters. And so we watch that movie over and over again, even though from a technical standpoint. It's not a very good movie. Yeah. And this is like the opposite of it Caddyshack. Is. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, if you're not a history buff or a World War II buff and you didn't know the story going in, you leave with nothing more than what you came in with. I mean, yeah. hardly anything more. Mm-hmm. And so you have to go look it up. And then when you look it up and you go, this was amazing that this happened and yeah. they were able to get out. Like, it's an amazing story and you just wish you would have seen it. Yeah. I mean, I was I was getting ready to leave for work when I was trying to read the Wikipedia article and I was like, oh, damn it. This is fascinating. Like, yeah. I want like I want to keep reading this and it's like it's a shame when the wikipedia article is more interesting yeah. than your film yeah. i bet there's a great history channel documentary <laughs> say, on this yeah. I, well, and sh- there was a, a movie in 1957 called dunkirk that starred yep. richard attenborough i've never seen oh. it i don't know how it holds up but they they have done this story good. before yeah the, yeah the research i did brought that up though but yeah this it's at a this movie's in a tough place because if you're a history buff You'd rather watch a documentary or, you know, yeah, exactly. read something. If you're not, well, this movie, sorry. It's not going <laughs> to connect with audiences. This is one where, you know, sometimes, uh, let's say, call it a 
Fast and Furious movie or, you know, just one of those action movies that people love and makes a billion dollars, but the critics hate it. Yeah. This is going to be the opposite. This is going to be, yeah. you know, 98% Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm guessing the audience is going to be like 60% liked it or something. You know, it's going to be like that. Yeah, I no. think it's with cinema score. It's pretty hard to get a bad score on cinema score, but like I think a B is considered bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. no one has his like freaky followers that will watch anything well and, that's and, the problem He's, and they will they will tear us to shreds yeah. when we post and this is the problem this is just like saying you don't like a tarantino movie yeah no one and and because i mean i i guess i wouldn't consider myself one of those because i came out and said i didn't like this movie but like i can see why people are like that because he's been so good right his whole history so that's why you build a following tarantino doesn't have many misses nolan doesn't i don't know that he's ever made a movie that i didn't like yeah i mean i didn't like death proof but that's the only one that i just i I get that it's it's pretty slow going at the beginning yeah you know but uh, but i did enjoy but i enjoyed it that being said i've never revisited it yeah so but uh but i but i enjoyed it but he's in he has that kind of a following yeah and, he's, uh, yeah I, it is going to be one where people are are going to defend it tooth and nail but i think it's unfortunate i thought hateful eight was too long though but i liked that but, movie. but this movie felt way longer oh, than yeah. hateful eight Would you it rather, did. oh my gosh yeah yeah at least at least hateful eight gave you a pee break i liked hateful eight it's just oh yeah i what was it like two and 40 minutes Something. two hours and 40 yeah minutes. it yeah. was a, if you watch the whole director's cut 70 millimeter blah blah yeah. blah mm-hmm. yeah i think it was close to close to three hours um, but i mean i will say the older he gets the more self-indulgent his films yeah. become and but I, he's also earned the right yeah so is nolan i just think that this yeah. is a miss it's a miss yeah. Yeah. yeah uh what this did get me excited for is Mur- murder on the orient express I mean, just seeing Kenneth Branagh on it, I'm like, I can't wait till that movie comes <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out, especially because, like, I've, I've, I've read the book, so, yeah. like... I mean, it's I, a famous... I know how the mystery ends. Oh, yeah, but it's, so. it's Agatha Christie, it's yeah. Hercule Poirot, like, I'm curious to see that in a big movie, not that they've never made a Hercule yeah, Poirot did, movie, but, like, this they is They did a, a pretty well-received version of this film yeah. in the 70s. But this is a big, current blockbuster-type yeah. movie uh, in November, Thanksgiving time, with a huge cast. Daisy Ridley, Josh Gad. Uh, yeah. There's tons of people. I picture a 1970s posters with all the squares along the yeah. bottom with the famous people <laughs> like they did for Airport or Tower and Inferno. Yeah. Like, it seems like that kind of movie. Absolutely. And I mean that in a, in a oh, good yeah. way. So. Clue. Yeah. Well, like Clue. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I only mentioned it because it, like, it's kind of similar with the mystery. And, and it's and, got, I think it even and had and a similar poster. Those, all the characters yeah. are like, you know, what, whoever, Colonel Mustard. And, yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, well, I guess that's it for this episode. Uh, uh, I well, guess. this is the last time we ever have to talk or think about this movie, I guess, right? Hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Who's well, editing? It'll be, the, it'll be in the box office report for a while, probably. Is Crystal going to edit this one? Or do <laughs> I have to? No, you have to sit through it twice. Oh. So, uh, um, so Devin, where can people find you on the internet? Find me on Twitter, not on Facebook, but at uh, <laughs> All Dogs Go to Devin, D V I N, and the number two. That's a great name. And uh, also, you can look at my uh, website, DevinJKing.com. You can see uh, I have an animation reel that'll go up by the time this is up. And, oh, cool. Yeah, some, if you want to look at some CGI artwork. Nice. Sweet. It's it's good stuff. I saw he has this towel hanging on a wall that I thought was a photo of like I was cuz he was going through his phone showing me his work Right. and I thought that it was just a random shot of a towel in his bathroom. <laughs> it's a CGI towel on a wall that looks so real. Oh, and, wow. and I was like, did you mean to like is that just you know what I mean like oops, did you mean to show me that picture? There are more embarrassing things you can find swiping through someone's phone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at kevinrbracket or on reviewstl.com. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook 
Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Don't forget, if you want to continue conversation online, you can find us at Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers or on Twitter at Real Spoilers or uh, on our website, RealSpoilers.com or DirtyPirateHookers.com. So thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Burkhead's plane lands in the La Brea Tar Pits. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.